welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. Uh, that's a hot take. That's a scorching take. Uh, I'm not afraid to be bold, though. Thriving, surviving, and watching Rutgers football. There's nothing to respect about Rutgers. You know what? It's pain, but we look good while we do it, man. Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz. As always, here in chilly Indianapolis, Indiana, it's cold again. Uh, we're recording this in the afternoon of Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. Uh, today, uh, no Reed. Reed is not able to join us today to talk, but today I've got Griffin with me. Griffin, what's up? Uh, not much. It's a little warmer for a winter day in New Jersey, but we're just counting the days till hopefully a win in Rutgers football. <laughs> no kidding yeah okay but weather for a second it was about like 60 degrees here a couple days ago but it's back in like the 30s and apparently there's like a small chance we get school canceled tomorrow so Ooh. i'm banking on that that'd be nice i know yeah. uh so uh we'll see we'll see how that develops uh, as time goes on and uh it was mostly been a slow period in news for the last few weeks since we released that Ohio State episode of the show until yesterday when uh, the biggest news of the offseason, maybe in all of college football, dropped. And that's Michigan State head coach Mark D'Antonio has stepped down effective immediately. Uh, he's still going to have a small role of some kind in the athletic department at MSU, but he is no longer the head coach of Michigan State football. Uh, taking over as the interim coach is going to be Mike Tressel, former defensive coordinator, uh, nephew of former Ohio State coach Jim Tressel. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator under uh, D'Antonio at Cincinnati and at Michigan State. So with all that said, Griffin, what was your first reaction when you heard the news that D'Antonio was gone at MSU? Um. At first, I thought that it was, I mean, I was obviously shocked. I didn't really see that coming. That just came out of the blue, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I, throughout his tenure, seeing the way that he uh, was coaching, he obviously had some very good seasons. But I honestly think that him leaving the Spartans program will help improve the uh, Spartan team because this year, with the way he coached, they were honestly just mediocre at best yeah I agree and I made this clear in our bowl season recap uh I thought it was time for Michigan State and coach D'Antonio to both move on I think uh, first I want to say he is the best head coach in the history of Michigan State football they have reached unparalleled heights uh during his tenure you know Rose Bowl wins college football playoffs beating Michigan and Ohio State they've beaten Michigan and Ohio State you know decently consistently plenty of guys going to the NFL to be super successful and they've won the conference plenty of times. So oh, yeah. I'm I'm not going to dump on his time at Michigan state as a whole, because frankly he was great and Michigan state was great for most of his time there Oh yeah, until about last season, uh, 2018 and the 2019 season, both uh, Michigan state was just abysmal on offense and, frankly one of the least fun teams to watch in the country i mean no offense to them but 
they were just so boring to watch. Just no fun at all. There were no fun Michigan State games. They always seemed to be scoring about maybe 20 points a game and either winning or losing, it didn't matter. Yeah. But I I did think it was time probably for them both to move on. Just naturally, it felt like it was over and Michigan State needed some fresh fresh blood on the sidelines. And the other thing is he would not fire any of his assistants ever. Even after that just horrible offense that they put out into the field last season, they still kept the same uh, coordinators going into this season, which I thought was just frankly idiotic. Yeah, it was not the brightest move. And I think you're right. It is time that D'Antonio and Michigan State part ways. However, I didn't think it would really go down this way, where he just abruptly resigns over accusations and allegations of what happened during his tenure. Mm -hmm. And, well, the first, before we get into the recruiting accusations or whatever that is going on right now uh, with D'Antonio, um. I think the first gray cloud that kind of hangs over his tenure is the whole sexual abuse thing that was going on in Michigan State Athletics uh, during his, his tenure there. Uh, I don't know if it's really directly related to him or anything like that, but I'm sure we all heard uh, the, the horrifying accounts of what happened there, uh, the Larry Nasser situation. I, I don't want to dwell on yeah. it because I think it's gross, and uh, we don't know if he did or didn't have any idea what was going on. Uh, all I know is it was it was horrible, and I hope he didn't have any idea what was going on. I, I, that's all I can say. Uh, but with that, uh, the most recent uh, accusation going on with uh, Michigan State and Coach D'Antonio that a lot of people seem to think might have played into his decision to step down is uh, some recruiting violations. <laughs> And uh, basically the story goes, a former program staffer named Curtis Blackwell uh, said he went on an in-home recruiting visit with uh, D'Antonio on sometime in the last cycle to an in-home visit. I already said that, and it's a violation of NCAA rules apparently. And uh, the other thing with that is uh, – Okay, I, I don't want to mess this up because I don't want to. I don't want to be held accountable. I'm trying to get every detail right, making sure I didn't. Okay. All right. He has denied all of the accusations. He has denied it all, mm. but that means nothing because, uh, I mean, that has to be proven in, in court. So recruiting violations uh, could have played a factor in this. Apparently, he also says here that the lawsuit had zero impact on his decision to step down. So with or without that, uh, the fallout from this, whether it goes to actual court or uh, is handled by the NCAA themselves, I guess we'll see what it, what it means for number one, coach D'Antonio and his legacy, but number two for the Michigan state program. And if this could have any impact on their future uh, success or lack thereof going forward in uh, the future with whoever their next head coach is. Uh, but for right now, uh, Mike Tressel is the head coach. And for as much as Michigan State's assistants seemed to disappoint last season, 
the defense uh, and the defensive coaching I thought was good the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and Mike Trestle, I think, is a, is a good defensive coach. And he might not be the guy for the future, but he's a guy who's okay for now. Yeah. He's someone I'd want to see maybe for a season, maybe half a season, but I don't know if I could see him really controlling a Spartan team and leading them to more success than what they've had currently. I agree. I I absolutely agree. I think he is a great coordinator, and that's probably it. I don't know if he can move straight into that head coach position, although you know, he's been under Coach Antonio for long enough to the point of – maybe he he knows the role better than we would expect and you know his uncle was of course the longtime head coach at Ohio State so maybe it'll go better than we think and uh, the other thing is Michigan State of course is looking into other candidates uh, to fill in that vacancy permanently and word on the street is the leader in the search could be uh, current Cincinnati head coach former Ohio State interim former Ohio State assistant Luke Fickle Hmm. Yeah, uh, I think Fickle might fit into the system well. I mean, I don't really know enough about him when he was at Cincinnati, but seeing the way that he ran uh, ran the team for the past few seasons, I think he might actually lead Michigan State to some success. Yeah, and, and he's done very well at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's had one of the best teams in the G5 uh, for these last few years, and I, I don't think his one season as unsuccessful as it was as the interim at Ohio state should have any bearing on his uh, likelihood to get a major coaching job because yeah, that, that was a rough year, but he was a great assistant at OSU and he's been a great head coach at Cincinnati. So I think he's absolutely deserving of it. And the question really is just, does he want the Michigan state job or does he want the state of Cincinnati or try and find an even better power five job? Mm, that's true yeah yeah so I guess we'll have to see with that are there any other candidates that you think could make sense for Michigan State um honestly as of right now I don't think so I could see Luke Fickle but I honestly just can't genuinely think of anyone else that would really want to step up and take that place right now yeah I I kind of agree I I I mean, there are probably a thousand people who would love to step up and take the place first. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I am officially saying it. I am a candidate for Michigan State head coach. Put me in the ring. Uh, yes, I would love to see that. The first in 10 running the Spartans. I am throwing my hat into the ring. <laughs> so I have, not, I have not said no. And, yeah, Luke Fickle is a guy I could see uh, being a good fit. And maybe if this season does go well with – uh, Coach Tressel, Coach Tressel could be the guy. And uh, Pat Narduzzi, Love. here's another one that I like. Uh, of course, he's he's the coach out at Pitt right now. I could see him moving back to Michigan State. Of course, he was an assistant uh, for Michigan State for a while. He was defensive coordinator under Mark D'Antonio for a few years. Uh, now he's at Pitt. And, you know, his Pitt teams haven't been, like, amazing or anything. But he's got connections to State. He's got – a lot of head coaching and defensive coordinator experience. So I think he could, he could do a good job there too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But honestly, I think 
that this could be a good thing in the end for Michigan State. But for now, it's a little, little concerning just because of the timing of it all. Yeah. Uh, this, of course, came right before National Signing Day, so that could have some effect on recruits and commitments, and I'll get to that in a minute. But also, retiring this late into the offseason, uh, and I'm guessing it could just be because of the, the accusations of recruiting violations and all that, so it might not have been his choice to do it right now, right now, but it it does make it a lot harder to conduct a full coaching search and get ready for next season in time. Yeah, with the name of D'Antonio dropping from the Michigan State team, that might honestly have some kids flip their commits. Mm-hmm. And, well, maybe not even flip, but if they were considering – Maybe it took him out of the running. And, uh, well, one note before we get to some other National Signing Day notes, Michigan State has zero four-star recruits in this class. And I think the D'Antonio departure and maybe if there was a little bit of a word on the street among recruits and people in coaching circles about that, then that could have had some bearing on the decisions of these recruits. So uh, the timing was a little rough uh, for Sparty, but – I guess it was just kind of time. In my mind, at least, it was time for him to go. But let's get ready for for next year. Let's skip ahead a little bit. What do you expect from Michigan State this year? Because I think it could be a rough season. I was thinking it would be a rough season regardless of who the head coach was just because they play a hard schedule, and that offense is not getting any better. Yeah, I didn't expect anything better. Like, I honestly thought they were – like. I was going to have a little more optimism to say the least and say that they would remain consistent and probably end up like a seven and five, six and six team. But with the D'Antonio dropping, depending on who they get, I can either see them staying at that same point of being like a six and six team, or they are just going to have a losing record. I do not see them having anything better than six and six or seven and five at the very highest. I didn't see him going bowling in the first place uh, in, in 2020. Uh, this this schedule is rough. Uh, of course, they get the, the whole Big Ten East, which Michigan, Michigan – I was going to say Michigan State. They don't play Michigan State. They are Michigan State. Well, they get Michigan, Ohio State, an improved Indiana team, Penn State, uh, Rutgers and Maryland. An improved every Rutgers year. Plus, Maryland. I agree. I think those teams are both improved I, drastically. Yeah, I honestly could maybe not drastically for Maryland, but Rutgers I think is going to be much better. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if they can beat Michigan State or not, but we'll see. And in the non-conference, they get Toledo, uh, the U, and at BYU, and then their crossover games are Northwestern and Minnesota at home and at Iowa. Ooh, that... I don't know what to expect. I think maybe. Six and six is my my best prediction because I don't think they're going to beat like Ohio State or Michigan, and I don't even think they're going to beat Penn State or Indiana, no, or even Minnesota or Iowa. So if they can win against Northwestern, Rutgers, and Maryland, Utah or th- not Utah, BYU, mm-hmm. Miami, and Toledo, there's six wins. But if they drop any of those others, then no dice. And I think that Miami game. Just because Miami, I think, is also a wild card next year. They just got a transfer quarterback I like out of out of Houston, and uh, BYU just because it's a road game and yeah, it's a little bit of a weird time zone thing and travel and all that. 
so I think maybe four to six wins is a good range for Michigan State. I don't see him exceeding six, but seeing Michigan State win less than four games in a season would honestly be pretty shocking given what we've seen from them over the last 10, 20 years. Yeah, I honestly agree with that take. I I mean, that's just the appropriate amount of four to six wins. I Because they're not going to be terrible and abysmal like the way Rutgers has been for the past few years, but they're not going to live mm-hmm. up to expectations. Yeah, no, they're not going to be like even among the worst Big Ten teams of like the last 10 years. Let's not overreact or anything. Like they're not as bad as some of these Rutgers teams we've seen, like you said, oh, or even the early yeah. twenty, the early 2010s Indiana teams or some of these Illinois teams we've seen. Or I don't even think they'll be as bad as last year's Northwestern team. That's a hot take. So, no, <laughs> no that, that Northwestern team, geez, that – I think they'll be similar to them, actually, in the fact that their defense will be very good and their offense will be very bad. Yeah. Honestly, maybe just a, a little bit better than them, mostly because I trust uh, the Michigan State uh, recruits to be a little bit higher than the Northwestern ones. So, yeah, we'll see with that, even though I think nah, – never mind, no. Anyway, uh, last Michigan State D'Antonio note before we move on. Where do you think, or not? Where do you think? Sorry, I'm. I've missed. I've mispronounced. Not mispronounced. Jesus Christ, I've missed. Messed up on a couple words already today. My bad. Uh, what's your favorite game of the Michigan State D'Antonio era? Uh, I have to go with a classic and say that it's the Rose Bowl. Okay, good choice. I'm going with the Michigan game where they won on the the trouble with the snap play where the punter fumbled it. You see, I would pick that game, but, like, I grew up a diehard Wolverines fan, so, like, every time I watch that, a little part of me just dies on the inside. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I think my second pick, though, uh, the conference championship game they won against Iowa mm. a couple of years ago, 2015. Yeah, uh, those two, those those are my two picks. Anyway, that's it on that. And so, with all that Michigan State talk, let's pivot back to something else. Recruiting. It's National Signing Day. Uh, across America, recruits are signing their national letters of intent, whether they have already committed or not. A uh, couple commitments, couple flips, all that. Yep. So. First, I want to talk about some transfer things. Uh, first guy uh, comes to mind when I'm going to talk about these current Big Ten transfers, Peyton Ramsey. Uh, he filled in – well, he was the starter in 2018 for Indiana at quarterback. Filled in for Michael Penix with injury last season. Uh, and I think he played very well last year, and I think a lot of that does go to Kalen DeBoer, who's also left Indiana. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. And uh, so now Peyton Ramsey with Michael Penix, healthy – Again, and Michael Penix will be fully active for spring practice. Uh, Peyton Ramsey is on the way out as a grad transfer. So first, as a Hoosier fan, thanks, Peyton. You were awesome. And as a college football fan, where do you think Peyton Ramsey is going to end up? What situation makes sense for him? Because I have one in mind off the top of my head that we've already talked about today. Spoiler alert. But go ahead. Um, I honestly don't know. I didn't, I mean, I didn't really know at the beginning of the season because obviously we paid more attention to Penix than we did to Ramsey. 
But then mm-hmm. once we started watching uh, Ramsey grow, I honestly saw him just as maybe a possible even future IUQB like starter. But now that he's in the transfer portal, I really could not tell you where he was going. Honestly, Michigan State makes a lot of sense. Really? Yeah, well, uh, Lewerke's gone, number one. Uh, that's true. Number two. I forgot to take that into account. <laughs> I guess it, it does matter where their uh, coaching staff is going to look like or what their coaching staff is going to look like, rather, and if he can really click with them or not. Because I think he would be a day one starter there. And, I mean, he's only got, what, one year of eligibility left. So he would have to go somewhere where he would start. And I think Michigan State could make sense. But I don't know if he wants to transfer within the conference. I don't know if he wants to play a game against Indiana. Yeah. So uh, keep your eye on that. And all QB needy teams, Peyton Ramsey would be an excellent fit for your team. How would you feel if he ended up? God, my dog is going nuts. I'm sorry. It's all good. But um, how would you feel if Peyton Ramsey, for some reason, ended up in the black and gold at the other side of Indiana? Oh, I thought you were going to say Vanderbilt. Nah. Nah, that's Reed. <laughs> that's Reed. Uh, he won't. He just won't. That just won't happen. <laughs> like, it, it. that doesn't happen. You don't do that. We'll see what happens when we... Uh, yeah. Uh, best of luck to Peyton Ramsey. Uh, also, in transfer portal news... Which, yes, this is also getting filed under recruiting. Uh, Penn State, two big transfers. Two five-stars, two former five-stars on their way out. First, Justin Shorter, former five-star receiver. He transferred to Florida. Mm. Uh, And without KJ Hamler, I think Penn State could have used a guy like that. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. The bigger one, I think, is Ricky Slade, who is also a five-star, like I said, but he was going to be Journey Brown's backup again next season, and he's kind of disappointed. But I think this is a guy who can fill into a lot of a lot of Power 5 programs and could be a potential game-changing running back because he still does have that five-star skill. So for a program who could be a little light at running back, I've got one in mind, he could be a great fit. And the program I have in mind is Rutgers because Kerry Blackshear Oh, yeah. It's on the way out. Or no, no. Raheem Blackshear. Kerry Blackshear was the, the player, the basketball player of Virginia Tech who transferred to Florida. Yeah. Raheem Blackshear Went from is, is the running Virginia back Tech. from Rutgers who's going to Virginia Tech. All these Blackshears, Virginia Tech transfers, it's messing with my head. Anyway, uh, I'm hoping Rutgers can land this guy because that would be nuts. He's from Virginia, so it doesn't really make sense, but. I mean, he'd be he'd be the starter at Rutgers. He could get some revenge on Penn State. Absolutely, and he'll be a and, part. And they're of running Shiano. back needy. Hop on uh, the Shiano man. Play us a song. Get us a win. <laughs> uh, anyway, that that's a big big transfer news because whoever lands him could could potentially see a breakout candidate for one of the better running backs in their conference given this guy's talent, of course, but he wasn't going to be getting any minutes at, at Penn State with Journey Brown in that backfield. Yeah, and to see if he goes to Rutgers, him and Aaron Kruchank on the same team, that will be amazing. That's called elite speed, man. I'll tell you what. 
I'm, I'm already excited to see what Rutgers has in store for next season. Something I never thought I'd say, but you know, this Greg Schiano cycle of recruiting and transfers and everything, except for the Blackshear news, everything's been positive for Rutgers. And I really, really hope that they can turn it around because they really, really deserve it. Yeah. After all these years of ridicule and, uh, hatred for the from big all big 10 fans i think it's time that Rutgers is finally bouncing back and getting the respect it deserves with all the recruits and uh under chiano it's time it's happened in basketball it is time for it to happen in football yes it is absolutely time it is six years overdue agreed Anyway, a couple other National Signing Day notes. Uh, We already said Michigan State got zero four-star recruits. Uh, Illinois today, uh, well, Jaden Thompson, he was the gem of the Illinois class. He was a four-star receiver. He signed with Cincinnati. He had originally flipped from Illinois uh, not not too long ago, but today he signed with Cincinnati. So that is a huge loss for Illinois because – uh, we were we were excited to see this guy play. I know you and I both were. We had actually contacted him. I'm going to divulge a little bit here, but we contacted him about coming on the show to talk about Illinois next season. And not too long after that, you know, he flips his commitment. So I went in, I deleted that DM, washed it of it so he doesn't say, I'm not going there anymore, leave me alone, <laughs> hmm. or anything like that. So, yeah, Jaden Thompson, Cincinnati. Uh not a whole lot of like flips today or last minute commitments among Big Ten schools. The only one I really saw IU got Khalil Benson. He's a three star offensive lineman out of Mississippi. He committed over Mississippi State. Looks like Mississippi State fans weren't too happy about that one. Apparently, he's pretty good. So I'm excited about that get for the Hoosiers. And uh, the rest of it really is just commits who signed. Uh, yeah. One guy who did today, uh, Cameron Martinez. Uh, this guy, he's an athlete out of Michigan. He signed – he's Michigan Mr. Football, and he signed with Ohio State. That's – if irony hasn't been seen, we have seen it now. That is the epitome of brutality if you're Michigan or Michigan State. Losing out on your state's Mr. Football to your <laughs> – to, to Ohio State. State. It's Ohio State. You can't lose out on your guy to them. It's it's embarrassing is what it is. And it sucks for Michigan and Michigan State. But it's good for Ohio State because he's a good player. Uh, by the way, this Ohio State recruiting class is shaping up to be one of the best that they've had in a long time. My favorite player in their class, I don't know if you've seen his highlights yet, Julian Fleming. Have you watched this guy? I've watched a tiny bit of him. I know of him, but I don't really know enough to have an opinion on him. This guy's going to be incredible. I am telling you now, he's going to be incredible. Same with Paris Johnson Jr. This guy is Paris a true Johnson gem of their Jr. class. He's going to be a good. Often, he's going to probably be a day one offensive lineman for Ohio State. And, you know, the city of Cincinnati and state of Ohio produce some of the best football recruits in the country. And this guy is the, the cream of the crop. He is going to be an NFL player in three years. He's going to be a starter at Ohio State next season. He is a guy that you've just got to keep your eye on, and I think he could be a big reason 
in improving or not improving, but sustaining Ohio State's strong run game in the absence of J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I, I honestly agree though. Like with Dobbins being gone, this whole recruiting class, they're going to have a time to shine and they will bring Ohio State back to the number one team that they've been for the past few years. I agree. And Ohio State is my number one team going into next season. I, I have them at the top of the list. So uh, seeing this class come together and being a top five class and having so many top 100 prospects, it, it's really big and it helps me solidify that because I think a lot of freshmen will be getting playing time next year with all the guys heading to the NFL. Yeah. And at running back, uh, while we were talking about the run game for a second, I believe in Master Teague. I'm a Master Teague believer. I think he's going to be a solid back, especially given uh, the offensive line at the Ohio State. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Another class that stuck out to me this year is Nebraska. They've got one of the top five classes in the Big Ten, and they've got multiple top 100 recruits. And given the lack of on-field success for Scott Frost, you would think that's a little surprising, but, I mean, Nebraska is a blue-blood program. They should be getting these big-time recruits, but, you know, it is a down period for them. So seeing them still recruit so well during a down period gives me a little bit of faith in Scott Frost that I didn't really have before because – I've kind of been notorious after my botched Nebraska prediction at the beginning of the season for being negative on them a lot. But I like this class a lot. And my favorite player in their class, can you guess? Is is it Xavier Betts? It is Xavier Betts. You know, a Nebraska kid, great receiver. I'm excited to watch him play next year. I think he's going to light it up. I love Nebraska's receivers as is from last season and that was a big reason why I picked him to win the Big Ten West. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Xavier Betts will get some playing time next year. I think he's gonna be a super solid receiver for a few Oh yeah. Can I should we announce it? Okay. Uh we have a pretty pretty big announcement. A few big announcements uh for the future of the show. That's right. And you might think why are we doing this right now? Wasn't that weren't you just talking about Xavier Betts from Nebraska? Why why are you talking about the future of the show right now? Well, it's because we're bringing Xavier Betts from Nebraska onto the show pretty soon. Xavier will be coming on to the first and ten, along with some other recruits. Would you like to tell us who they are, Griffin? Uh, one of the many recruits that we have, other than Xavier Betts, we also have Jordan Morant, who is a defensive player coming from Michigan, going to Michigan. Yeah, he's a New Jerseyan. He's out, he's out of, of Bergen Catholic uh, which high school? in Ordell, New Jersey. Bergen Catholic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next guy that we've got coming onto the show, yes, there's more. Uh, he's an Indianapolis kid. His name is Jay Higgins. He's a defensive player uh, out of Burbuff Jesuit High School uh, on the northwest side of Indianapolis. Uh, he's going to the University of Iowa. He'll be coming on the show pretty soon. I'm excited to have him on. I actually got to see him play. Uh, twice this season, he played against my school, Bishop Chittard, and uh, we won both. How games. was he with? How did he perform against Chittard? Well, uh, if I'm going to get into it, you know, Jay actually played pretty well, I, I think, and those were probably the two worst games Buff played all season. They got absolutely smoked by Chittard, and 
I, I know I'm going to sound like a homer for saying all this, but Chittard has a very good offensive line. And, I mean, they were the best 3A team in the state of Indiana, best team in the Circle City Conference. Of course, they're going to dominate against Brabuff, who was also good, but just not as good. And uh, when he went up against Joseph Solomon, uh, Bishop Chittard's offensive tackle, he's going to Tulane. Uh, it was a fun battle to watch. And most of the time, though, uh, Solomon did win the battle just because he had another guy helping him, whether it be a running back or a second offensive lineman to take on Higgins. That's that's cool. I can't wait to see him go and play for Iowa. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be a good player. He's a basketball player, too. So anyway, uh, we've got one more coming on. Yeah. Uh, would you like to introduce her or do you want me to introduce him? Uh, I'll let you take it. I've gotten two. You can take the third. Okay. Or fourth. And I'm assuming we're talking about our favorite Texan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Our favorite Texan. Yeah. Bryson uh, mm-hmm. Bonds. He is from the Houston area and he is committed to Indiana. University. Crowley High Crowley School. High yeah. School. Oh, wait, no, he's from the Dallas Fort Worth. No, he's from the Fort Worth area. Yeah, he's from DFW, Dallas DF- Fort Worth. Yeah. Oh, my God. From Crowley. What am I thinking? Houston. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's from Crowley. He's a safety. He was preseason All State. Uh, and from what I've seen, he, he was one of the better players on the defensive side of the ball coming into this Indiana class. And I'm excited for him. Uh, Bryson was the first guy to say, Yeah, I'll come on the show, which. Uh, we appreciate him for, and uh, he could be a classmate of mine next year at IU for all we know. Ooh. So uh, shout out to Bryson for, for coming on the show. And uh, those are the four guys we're going to be bringing on. So Xavier Betts, Jordan Morant, Bryson Bonds, and of course, Jay Higgins. Uh, Jay Higgins. Higgins. How did I forget his name? <laughs> Jay Higgins. Uh, so we've got Nebraska, Michigan, Indiana, Iowa, all coming on the show, all coming on very soon. Uh, we'll keep you posted with any future interviews, future news, future of the show. I think we're going to keep going strong for a little bit longer here before we hit peak off season and have to start talking about, like, I don't know. Not college. It's something else. Just Well, we're going to talk about college football, but just in a roundabout way, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. Like, we have ideas, and we're going to have a full update post pretty soon. We're going to have a future of the show, what to expect in the off season, what to expect next season sort of deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you're going you're gonna to see a lot more high-quality content from us, we can promise you. The award show, that's going to be happening soon, too. Ooh, we're getting our finalized – we're finalizing our picks. We're finalizing our awards. I'm excited for that one. We're going to have some special guests on the award show, so stay tuned to that. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a fun and episode. I can't wait. This is one we've been prepping for a while. We have some we have some fun stuff planned for this. I can promise you that much. So uh, be prepared for lots of interviews, discussion, fun guests, the award show, of course, and retrospective episodes on past games we're making a list of those right now and we're gonna have people vote on our instagram at the first and ten spell it all out on what games you want us to talk about from the past what old games do you want us to rewatch and come talk about on a new podcast oh yeah we have some ideas we want you to give us more ideas so dm us some of those let us know at the first and ten on instagram at first and one g on twitter 
subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts now. We're on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Wherever where you listen to your podcasts. So thanks for listening once again. My name is Patrick. You're listening to the first and ten. And I'll see you next time. Bye.